Matthew chapter number 5. This is interesting to me, uh, this scripture. Matthew chapter number 5, beginning with verse number 38. 5 and verse 38. Matthew chapter number 5, beginning with verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. For whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. This morning I want to preach the thought, the exceed life. The exceed life. Say that with me. The exceed life. Father, add your blessing to the preaching of the word. And we won't fail to praise you for it. And everyone shouted a great big amen. Do you know, if you look at the Bible here in Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter number 4 and verse number 19. 4 verse 19. Look at this scripture. Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. Jesus is by the wayside walking through Galilee. And Jesus starts his public ministry by picking 12 men to be a part of his ministry. Jesus picks 12 men to be a part of his public ministry. He says in Matthew 4.19, he says to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So Jesus starts his public ministry by inviting some men to go with him on this journey. Now, this is what's interesting. He calls them to go on the journey, but he calls them to sacrifice as well. This is not an easy road. It's not going to be a bed of roses. Jesus lets them know that there are some expectations that's expected of you. Right after Jesus calls them, Jesus begins to show them a few things. In Matthew 4, verse 23, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, the Scripture says that Jesus begins to go throughout all of Galilee. He's teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all who were sick. So get, get this. Jesus calls His 12 disciples Jesus starts His ministry. He calls 12 men to go with Him on this journey. He demonstrates the power of God in front of them. He heals the sick, raises the dead, preaches the Gospel, and all at the same time, these 12 men are looking at Him. And then Jesus stops and He begins to preach to them. Now, Matthew chapter number 5 is all read. Chapter 6 is all read. Chapter 7 is almost all read. So the point of it is, is this. He calls them. He instructs them. And then in Matthew chapter 10, He sends them. Look at it. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1, He sends them. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1, it indicates, us, indicates to us that He calls them apostles now, not just disciples. Apostle means to be sent. So he says in verse number 1, and when he had called the twelve disciples, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of diseases. Now, listen to Pastor Josh. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus starts his ministry and calls twelve people to himself. He teaches... He heals the sick. He demonstrates. He's a mentor. He demonstrates to them, this is the type of person I want you to be. 
Then Jesus teaches them chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, and then in chapter 10, He sends them out. I think that the point is this, is that you don't need to be sent out unless you're first taught. You've got to be taught first before you're sent out. Jesus calls them. He shows them what type of person I want you to be. He instructs them, and then He sends them. It's one thing to instruct people, but it's another thing to live it in front of them. So Jesus calls them. He lives it in front of them. He teaches them, and then He sends them. That is the process of discipleship. You're called. You are to follow an example. You are to give heed to instruction. And then you are to be sent. We got a lot of people just picking up a Bible and going without first being instructed. Without first being taught. Without first following an example. Now this is what I want you to see. Is that Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus instructs them that your relationship with God is very, very important. He says, but another thing that's very important is this, is your relationship with other people. Your expression of faith in Christ is really proven in your interaction with people. I I want you to make sure you get that. What Jesus is trying to set here, if you read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus is trying to prove to His disciples that your expression of your faith, the expression of faith in Christ is proven in your interaction with people. In other words, you can say that you love God all you want, but if you don't interact with people appropriately, uh, or appropriately, then there's something wrong with your relationship with God. Because Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 demonstrates to us that your interaction with people really demonstrates your maturity in Christ. It really demonstrates your expression in Christ. Alright? Now, Jesus says, when you read chapter number, when you read chapter number five, Jesus says, listen, this life that I'm trying to teach you is not easy, but it's expected of you. Now get this, church. When you read chapter 5, 6, and 7, these are the words that you will hear. Jesus will say this. You have heard that it was said. And then Jesus says, But I say unto you, do this. You have heard that it was said, but Jesus says, but I say unto you, do this. In other words, Jesus is presenting a new way of life. Look at it. Jesus says very clearly, over and over and over, look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. This is just an example. Matthew 5, verse 33. And again, you have heard that it was said of old. He says, you've heard that it was said, but look at verse 34. But I say unto you, verse 34, but I say unto you, do it this way. Look at it again. Jesus says in verse number 43, Verse 43, Matthew 5, verse 43, you have heard that it was said. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But verse 44, Jesus says, but I say unto you, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. So what is Jesus doing? Jesus is telling His 12 disciples, 
Now get this, church. He's telling his 12 disciples. He's called them. He's mentored it in front of them. Now he's teaching them. And before he sends them out, he's telling his disciples, there is a new way that you've got to live now. You have heard that it was said, but I'm telling you something different now. I'm telling you to exceed the law. I'm telling you to live a life that exceeds the expectation of what you just heard. I am telling you to raise the bar a little bit. I am presenting to you a new way of life. A new way of thinking. A new way of behavior. A new way of interacting with people. This is a new way. A new way of thinking. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, my friends, it is not easy to follow the words of Jesus. But if you're going to be a disciple and a believer and a Christian, all synonymous terms for the same thing, you're going to have to follow the teachings of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I am telling you that this is a different way of living. You have heard it was said, but now I'm telling you something different. And Jesus says there's four things that's going to distinguish you from everybody else. There are four expectations that's going to distinguish you from everybody else. And I'm going to re read them to you today, and I'm going to share four things with you that distinguishes you from the world, that distinguishes a Christian from everybody else. Now, this has everything to do with how we interact with people. And I want you to see this. Look at it. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 38. Matthew 5 verse 38. And you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. Number one, Jesus is saying, number one, if you really want to know what distinguishes my believers, my followers from everybody else, number one, it's this. You've got to resist revenge. Resist revenge. He says, yes, you've got to resist revenge. Number one, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, there are some expectations that will distinguish you from everybody else. Jesus is saying, this is a new way of life. This is a new way of thinking. And number one, you've got to learn if you're going to be my follower, you've got to resist revenge. Now, it's so easy nowadays to when somebody hurts us or insults us, for us to insult them back. When somebody does us dirty and is disrespectful to us, it's easy for us to be disrespectful back. Or to give somebody a piece of our mind. Or I'm going to give them a dose of their own medicine. But ladies and gentlemen, my friends, that's not Bible. Jesus is saying, if you're going to be my follower... If you're going to be my follower, there is something about your life that should distinguish you from everybody else. And number one, you've got to resist revenge. Now, Jesus said that you've heard that it was said, look at verse 38, Matthew 5, 38, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now let's stop here. Everybody look up here to Pastor Josh. This is what we call the law of Talion. Everybody say the law of Talion. In the law of Moses, there was a section that the 
Jewish people referred to as the law of Talion, which means this. When it, when it deals with getting back with someone or getting even with someone or taking revenge on someone, the Scripture in the law of the Old Testament had a section, this is from the Old Testament Jesus is quoting, it was called the Law of Talion, a section that the rabbis referred to as the Law of Talion, which means this, if somebody takes an eye from you, all you're allowed to do is take an eye from them. If somebody takes a tooth from you, you cannot take all of their teeth. If somebody takes an eye from you, you cannot take both of their eyes. In other words, the law was given a limit to how much you can take from the person if the person offends you. So it was a limited revenge. Limited. That means if somebody takes your eye, you can take their eye, but you can't take both of their eyes. It's limited. If somebody takes your tooth, you can take their tooth, but you can't take all their teeth. Can I hear, can I hear an amen? So the law, get this church, the law was limiting revenge. The law was given a limit on what you can do. Now, the law does not say that you have to do this. The law was given permission that if you was going to do this, if you were going to do this, then you are limited in how much you can do to that person. So if the person offends you and takes your eye or offends you and takes your tooth, then you only take from them what they took from you. If they took an eye, you do not have permission to take both of their eyes. You only take one. If they took one tooth, you don't take all their teeth out. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take, I'm going to take you down, you know. You only can take one. It's limited. And you know what Jesus is saying here? Jesus is saying that's what you heard. But I'm telling you that if somebody offends you and insults you, then you need to let it go. You don't need to pay attention anymore about the limited revenge. I'm telling you, this is a new way of living and you need to resist revenge and not limit it. Did you hear just what I said? Jesus is saying, I don't want you to follow the limited revenge any longer. I want you as a Christian, as a believer, I want you to resist revenge and not give them what they did to you. But isn't that how we think? They hurt me, I'll hurt you back. You insulted me, I'm going to insult you back. Ain't nobody going to treat me this way. Ain't nobody going to be disrespectful to me. I'm going to tell them. That's just, that's just how we act. But Jesus said, I am trying to tell you a different way of living. You have heard that it was said, if they take your eye, you should take their eye. If they take your tooth, you take their tooth. But I'm telling you that you should, you should resist an evil person, and if they slap you on the right cheek, turn to the other also. Resist it. 
The law gives permission for limited revenge, but I'm telling you to resist it. Don't even participate in revenge. Now, the Scripture says, the Scripture says, get this, verse 39, Matthew 5, 39, but I tell you, to res- not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to the other, to him also. Now get this. Nowhere in Scripture do you find left-handed slap. It's always right-handed. And the it's, it, right hand is always spoken of in Scripture, not the left. If I'm going to slap Brandon on the right cheek, I have to do it with my right hand, but I can't do it this way. You do it back slap. In the Old Testament, when somebody would slap somebody to insult the person, you meant you do it backhanded. That was a symbol of insult to the person. Not front-handed, but backhanded. So if in the Old Testament, if I wanted to insult Brandon, then I would backhand him in the face on the right cheek. That was insult. Jesus is referring to this. Jesus is referring to this practice of people insulting one another. And Jesus is simply saying this. If somebody comes to you and they insult you or mistreat you or they disrespect you or they dishonor you, Jesus says, if they do that, do not, do not be revengeful. But resist revenge and turn to the other cheek and don't participate in being revengeful. He says, when they insult you, when they hurt you, when they slap you, he says, turn to the other cheek. You know, Jesus is not advocating to be injured because Jesus is not referring to a physical slap. He is referring to an insult. When somebody insults you, he says you need to turn the other direction. Sometimes being injured is better than being insulted. But Jesus said when you are insulted, you need to turn to the other direction. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm simply telling you that if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, one of the things that distinguishes you as a follower is you've got to resist revenge. You've got to walk in the spirit of love. Just because they take your eye doesn't mean you take both of their eyes. And just because they take your tooth doesn't mean you take all their teeth out. Just because they take your eye doesn't mean you need to take their eye. That was allowed in the Old Testament. But Jesus is saying, I want you to exceed that. I want you to have a different mindset. If people insult you, if people hurt you, if people dishonor you, if people are disrespectful to you, if they are insulting you with their words, turn to the other cheek. Quit using this excuse that you've got to defend yourself. Stand up for yourself. Sometimes silence speaks a message more than your words will ever speak. Turn to the other cheek. Resist revenge. Number two, Jesus says, 
In other words, Jesus said, let it go. Let it go. Let the hurt go. Let the offenses go. Let, let, let it go. If they hurt you, let it go. Let it go. And how many of us hold on to hurts and offenses for years because we want to get even with somebody? We want to let them know how bad they hurt us. And we spend all night worrying about what they did to us and they went home and went to bed and they're not a bit concerned about what they said to you or what, how they hurt you. You need to let it go. Don't seek revenge. Let it go. Number two, Jesus is saying, if you really want to know what distinguishes me or distinguishes you from everybody else, number two, it is a selfless spirit. Jesus says this. He says this. Verse number 40, number two, a selfless spirit. Number one, you've got to resist revenge. Number two, you've got to have a selfless spirit. Verse number 40, Matthew chapter 5, verse 40. If anyone wants to sue you, let him take away your, and take away your tunic. Let him have your cloak also. Jesus is saying, if somebody wants to sue you and they want to take your tunic, let them take your cloak as well. Now, what is a tunic and what is a cloak? Well, a tunic is this. A tunic is, now I'm using this as an illustration, but thank you for being a selfless, thank you for being selfless, thank you for having me. A tunic is the undergarment, while the cloak is the outer garment. And of course you knew back then they wore robes. So the outer robe was the cloak, the undergarment, was the tunic. Jesus is saying, if they want to take your, out, your undergarment, don't argue with them. Take off the cloak and give the cloak to them. You know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying simply this. If somebody is so desperate that they need your undergarments, they probably need your cloak too. If they're so desperate that they need your undergarments, dude, give them your cloak. You know what Jesus is trying to tell us? Jesus is saying this. Listen to Pastor Josh. Jesus is saying this. Sometimes you should give away your rights because it's in the best interest of someone else. You have the right to keep your cloak. If they want to take your tunic, you've got to give it to them. You have the right to keep your cloak. He says, but if they're so desperate that they need your undergarments, you probably need to go ahead and give their, your cloak too. Because Jesus is simply telling us a simple message that sometimes in this walk with God, you've got to give up your own rights because it's in the best interest of someone else. That cloak is probably in the best interest of you if you need my tunic. It's in your best interest that you take the outer garment and not walk around with just an undergarment. Jesus is saying that you've got to be selfless. And I don't know if we really understand what it means to be selfless in Christianity. But all throughout the Scripture, it indicates to us 
that we are to prefer the interest of other people besides ourselves. We are to walk in a spirit of love. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. I want you to see it. And I want you to see how Paul demonstrates to the church how you and I should walk in a spirit of humility and that we should consider the interest of other people instead of ourselves. Let nothing be done with selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let us each esteem others better than ourselves. And the Bible says in verse number 4, he says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. If they need your tunic, it stands to reason that they probably need your cloak as well. And sometimes in this Christian life, it is not about your rights. My right to be heard. My right to defend myself. My right to stand up for myself. My right to do this. And my right... That is an American theology. It is not a biblical theology. America, everybody wants to be heard. Everybody has rights. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be seen. You go down the list. But that is not the Bible theology. It's not Bible. Sometimes you don't have a vote. Sometimes you've got to lay down your rights. It's not about being right. It is about being righteous. Can I hear somebody say amen? It's not about me getting my own way. It's about me looking like Jesus. It's not about me saying what I want to say. It's about me walking in the fruit and the character of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. The writer of Romans demonstrates the message as well. Romans chapter 12, verse number 10. He says, be affectionate towards one another. With brotherly love, honoring, giving preference to another. You have to be selfless. I have learned one thing. Listen to Pastor Josh. I've learned one thing. And this is Facebook posts. You can put this on Facebook, on Twitter. This is, this is Facebook worthy. You can never go wrong in making people feel important. You can never go wrong and making people feel important. Let me just break it down to you. Does it really cost you something to be nice to somebody? Does it cost you to give a compliment? Does it cost you anything to shake somebody's hand? Does it cost you anything to put a smile on your face and say, I believe in you, and I'm praying with you, and I'm here for you? It doesn't cost you anything, just a little bit of your time. Does it cost you anything? Well, I'll take that back. It does cost your pride. Every once in a while, we've got to do an eye exam. Sometimes we've got to bend over and let the chip fall off our shoulders every once in a while. But you can never go wrong in making somebody feel important. You've got, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you're going to, number one, resist revenge. I know the Bible teaches limited revenge, but I'm telling you, don't, don't do revenge at all. 
Number two, I'm telling you, you need to have a selfless spirit. I'm telling you, you need to put other people before yourself. I'm telling you, if they ask for your undergarment, give them your outer garment. Prefer the interest of other people before yourself. Number three, I'm telling you that you've got to go the second mile. Or number, number three, give generously. I'm sorry, give generously. Because the Christian life is about generosity of all of our resources. He says this, Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number, number, let's see, verse number 42. Matthew 5 verse 42, he says, Give to those who ask you, and from him who borrows, do not turn away. He says you need to give generously. Number one, you need to resist revenge. Number two, you have to have a selfless spirit. Number three, there must be generosity working in your life. Now, especially nowadays, this is what we do with generosity. We like to say to people, I don't think you're worthy for us to give to you. You do this, you've done that, so you're not worthy for us to give to you. We like to screen everybody before we give to them. There could be some truth to that, but I don't know if God has put us in the place that we need to screen everybody and think of and deem if they're worthy for us to give to them. If you have the fiscal ability, then you have the Christian responsibility. If you have the fiscal ability, you have the Christian responsibility to help people. I'm going to say that again. If you have the fiscal ability, you have the Christian responsibility to help. Give generously. Don't, don't give things so people can borrow them. Folks, I have pastored for 16 years since I was 21 years old. And I've had a lot of church splits over people in the church letting people borrow things. Jesus said, give it away. Because what happens is the borrowing, you want to keep a tally. You've had it this long. You've misused it. No, no. Jesus said, give it away. Don't be attached to things. Don't let your heart be entangled in a wrong relationship because you didn't walk in generosity and everything was tied to a borrowing ticket. Give generously. Number four, he says, you got it in closing, he says, you've got to exemplify excellence. Exemplify. He says, you've got to resist revenge. I know that you've heard that there is limited revenge, but I'm telling you to resist it. I'm telling you, number two, that you need to have a selfless spirit. If they want to take your tunic, give them your cloak because you prefer their interest instead of your own. You've got to give generously. Don't keep people tied to you by borrowing from you. Just give to people. He says in number four, you've got to exemplify excellence. In other words, he said in verse number 41, Matthew 5 verse 41, he says, and whoever compels you to go one mile, you go with them too. You see, in, in Jesus' day, Rome was, of course, the superpower. And Rome borrowed a, a, uh, 
a method from Persia. This method was that if a Roman official was in town and they needed a citizen to help them, that was allowed, as long as it was just one mile. And we, we see that in Scripture. Jesus is carrying the cross up to the Via Dolorosa. Jesus is, of course, I'm sure out of exhaustion, He can't hardly carry the cross. And what does a Roman centurion do? He has Simon the Cyrene to carry the rest of the way to Calvary. This is this principle. A Roman, a Roman centurion or official could require a citizen of Rome to carry their burden for them for only one mile. And so Simon the Cyrene carried the cross of Jesus for one mile up the Via Della Rosa to Golgotha because a Roman centurion, an official, asked him to carry it. And by law, you have to do that. And Jesus understands this law. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, I want you to see something. There is a new way of thinking, a new way of living. If Rome asks you to go one mile, if you've got to carry something for Rome, blow their expectation and go another mile. Do beyond what's expected of you. Especially in the church, we have a tendency just to do the bare minimum. Just, just the bare minimum. I'll clean the toilet, Pastor, but I am not mopping the floor. That's fine, because you were asked to clean the toilet. You wasn't asked to clean the floor. But Jesus is saying, have an adjusted attitude. If somebody asks you to clean the toilet, and that's all that's required of you, why don't you go a second mile and mop the floor? Can somebody help pastor preach? If they're asking you to do the bare minimum, Jesus is saying, I want you to exemplify excellence in everything you do. Just don't do the bare minimum. I want you to raise the bar. I want you to raise the standard. I want you to go the extra mile. If they just want you to go A, I want you to go all the way to C. If they just want you to swim out to here, I want you to go a little extra. Ladies and gentlemen, all it takes for us to be excellent is for us to do a little bit more. If you make a C, do a little better. Make, do a B, do, get in B. If you have a B, do better. Make an A. Go a little further. If you're asked to be an usher, just don't do what's required of you. Do more. A little more. To teach the children, don't just teach them. Do a little more. Pick up the paper off the floor. If you're a greeter, just don't greet people out the door. Go a little extra and ask them, how are you doing today? Jesus is saying, if you're going to be my follower, if you're going to represent me, if you want to put your name on the doorpost of your heart, then you've got to learn that you cannot walk in revenge. You can't slap somebody because they slapped you. You can't take all of their teeth out 
because they took one of your tooth. He says, don't, don't lay it down, let it go. Don't even do that anymore. He says, number two, he says, if they want your tunic, he says, go ahead and give them a cloak as well. Put their interests before your own. He says, and if you're going to be generous, don't tie people to you by letting people borrow from you. He says, just walk in generosity and give it away. He says, and I want you to exemplify excellence. I want you to go that little extra in your life. Do a little more than what's required of you. That takes an adjusted attitude. I'm, I'm convinced if you want to keep your job, people who keep their job long term are usually two mile people. If you want your marriage to work, don't insult because you're insulted. Be a two mile person in a one mile world. If you want church to work, begin to put somebody else's interest in front of yours. The person across the aisle prefer their interest in front of, instead of yours. Walk in a spirit of generosity with one another. Because this is the body of Christ. You say, well, pastor, you're preaching a gospel where we can just be injured and insulted and never lift our voice. No. There's times and places according to Scripture that you are to go to people if you have odd. That's true. But nowhere in this Scripture did it say if you see the slap coming, if you see the insult coming, the Bible didn't say that you've got to stand there and take it. If you see the slap coming, go ahead and dodge it. If you've insulted me at the 10 o'clock service, that's okay, I'm going to go to the 9 o'clock service. I'm dodging it. But if you do get slapped and you do get insulted, resist it. Watch what you say. Control yourself. Because you are a Christian. Jesus is saying, I've called these 12 men to myself. I've lived it in front of them. I'm their mentor. Then, I've taught them chapter after chapter. But before I sent them out, I wanted them to know that there is a different way to live. And this way of living is not the same way that you're used to. You have heard it was said, but I'm telling you, there is a different way of living. You've got to resist revenge. You've got to be selfless. You've got to walk in generosity. And you've got to exemplify excellence in everything you do. Amen.